0: Hey, welcome to our first real episode of Miracle Mondays, all right? So this is a new series on our podcast and on our YouTube channel where I tell stories or I interview people with their stories of real miracles that happened in their lives. All right, I'm really excited to share this week's because this stuff happened in my life. And the story begins 150 years ago, and it sort of ends one year ago, okay? But before I get to that story, I just want to encourage you, if you didn't see last week's episode, that's the introduction to this series, I encourage you to watch that because it just starts, just in a little way, starts to bust that myth that miracles and science are at odds, that there's a contradiction there. But the contradiction is only apparent. It's not really there. If someone says to you, I believe in science. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in science. You can say, well, I believe in both. In fact, without science, we wouldn't know when a miracle happened. But just ask these people if they say they believe in science and not miracles. Ask them, which science, which branch of science disproves miracles? And what's the name of that scientist who disproved miracles? And when was it? What year did they conduct an experiment that proved miracles never happened. You know, it just gets to the idea that there's an, a contradiction when in fact there isn't. Science has its specialties, and religion has its specialties. They both seek after truth. Science seeks after truth about our material world. Religion goes after the truth about what is what is the point of life. What is love. Is there a God? What's the meaning of life? Okay. So each has their area of expertise. And if there seems to be a contradiction, there really isn't. You're just approaching one of them in a a little way that's a little off. Okay. And um, one other point I I mentioned last week, the, the book Socrates Meets Jesus, fictional dialogue. It's really good, short, fun read, but gets you thinking too. Uh, One of the things that, that they get across in that book is that if there's a supernatural and a natural, the supernatural is above, right? And the supernatural can use the natural to accomplish its ends, kind of like God, creation, evolution. God could have created the world. And used evolution to evolve an animal body to the point when he wants to make that a human person. And he puts a soul in there, right? That's what I personally believe. And the science and the faith, those coincide. Those There's no contradiction in there. Okay. So, the story. The miracle story in my life. Here we go. It starts... 150 years ago in a little town in Belgium, okay? There's a little girl. Her name was Adele, and she lived in this tiny town of Champion, Belgium, okay? She's a faithful little girl. One day she's praying, and she's praying to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and she says, Mary, I want to be a nun in this town, in a convent in this town in Champion. She makes this promise. She's just a little girl at this point. She makes this promise that one day she'll grow up, become a nun in this town. Now, her parents had a plan to move to America. She didn't know about it. So she says, I can't leave. I can't go with you to America, Mom and Dad. I, I made a promise to Mary that I was going to be a nun in this town. And they're like, uh, we're leaving. Okay, <laughs> so come on, we got to go. This is a land of opportunity here. So they moved to Wisconsin. OK. Now, Adele grows up and she's living in this small town in Wisconsin. This is like the 1840s, 1850s. And she grows up and she. She sees the Blessed Virgin Mary one day appear in the woods between a maple tree and a hemlock tree. OK. And the Blessed Virgin Mary says. I want you to teach the children in this wild country the things they need to know for salvation. Teach them the sign of the cross, teach them the value of the sacraments, teach them everything they need to know for salvation. Don't worry, do not be afraid. I will help you. Now go. Okay? So the Blessed Virgin Mary appears to this nun, Adele, She starts a little convent here. So she becomes Sister Adele. And interesting things start happening in this little town in Wisconsin. It's called Robinsonville. And people start to flock here because they hear about this Marian apparition. And fast forward, this is the only Marian apparition approved by the Catholic Church and approved by the local bishop in America. In all the United States, this is the only approved Marian apparition that is worthy of belief. You don't have to believe it, but it's worthy of belief. You can believe it, okay? And I do believe it because of the miracle you're about to hear, all right? So, Sister Adele, people start coming and prayers start getting answered at this little place. There's this little five-acre property, okay? A Five-acre property with a church, a schoolhouse, Sister Adele is teaching all these kids in this town of Robinsonville. And then one day, huge wildfire breaks out. It becomes the largest wildfire in the history of the United States. It's 1,200,000 acres on fire. And people are running away from their towns that are about to burn up. And they're running to the next town and saying, Hey, you better get out. Our our, Our town just burned down. You better get out of here. And Sister Adele... And some other sisters and some other folks had come there to pray, and they just said, "We're not leaving." So they circle the property, their little five-acre property. They start praying the rosary. They start praying the rosary on their knees too, and the fire goes around the property. The fence posts, the wooden fence posts around the uh, around the property, are black on one side, completely charred from the fire. And then the other side of that fence post, the opposite side, perfectly fine. And rain had come and had made the fire just go around and stop, and it didn't burn any of the property. So word starts getting around. This is miraculous, right? So more and more people start to come to this this little chapel. People are praying. People are getting healed, all right? And if you've ever you know, heard of Fatima and Lords and Our Lady Guadalupe, sometimes when you go to these places, you'll see collections of crutches that people have come with their ailments and they're miraculously healed, and then they just leave the crutch there. And there's piles of crutches. Or now there's so many that we have displays of crutches, okay? So it's just like a glass case here in Wisconsin. I went there. You'll hear the story. And you can see, like, the evolution of crutches over the years, right? You've got, like, the the tree branches that naturally just went up and formed a Y, and it's kind of like a, a little crutch. And then you've got, you know, carved wooden crutches. And then you've got metal crutches. And they're all left behind by people who experience miracles. So she guards, uh, Sister Adele starts to gain notoriety in this little town. People are flocking to And this mayor of Robinsonville... He's like, wow, this is so awesome. He's a man of faith as well. And Sister Adele says to him, hey, Mayor, I want you to change the name of this town from Robinsonville to Champion. Because I made a promise to the Blessed Virgin Mary when I was a young girl in Belgium that I would be a nun in a town named Champion. So since I left that country, we're going to rename this town so I can keep my promise to Mary. And he does it. So to this day, right now, there's this tiny town in Champion, Wisconsin. And that's the place where the Blessed Virgin Mary showed up to Sister Adele and started to work these miracles. Fast forward 150 years. The year is 2020. Okay. My two daughters, I say to them, hey, I want to take a trip. I want to take a pilgrimage with you. Now, you may not know, I used to be the youth minister here at St. Basil the Great for 10 years. And I can tell you, I saw a lot of teenagers come through our program. Teenagers with no faith. Teenagers with some faith. Teenagers with tremendous faith. Saw all kinds. Saw all kinds of families. All kinds of practices. And I'll tell you, the thing that I witnessed that really made the faith stick with young people to where they still have it afterwards in college. It was big events. Of course, we had weekly life nights. We had weekly Bible study. Of course, all those things we do. But the thing that made the biggest difference is not just the people who came to that weekly and monthly stuff, but the people who came to that weekly and monthly stuff, but also went on a big retreat or a big service project or a big youth conference. That's what made the difference. So... My wife and I, now that we are raising our daughters, I, I in a major way, I'm saying, what are the big the big experiences, the big trips, the big interesting Catholic things that we can do, that we can take our daughters on. So last year, it's summer 2020, and I decided to take my two daughters. At this time, they were seven and nine years old. Okay? and we decided to do a 4-day, 3-night trip up to this little town in upper Wisconsin, all right? Where the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared 150 years ago. So, we stop halfway on the way up and we stay at the University of Notre Dame. We, you know, ride around campus on bikes and stuff and then camp at a state park. The next day, we arrive at this shrine. Okay? It's actually a national shrine now. And it's so funny because it's so dinky. It's so small. It's like this small church, uh, small visitor center, like the gift shop visitor center is like the size of my garage. It's small, but small, but mighty, as you'll see. Okay. Now, for pilgrimages, a pilgrimage isn't just a vacation, it's not just being a tourist. Like being a pilgrim is where you have a faith purpose, it's where you take the prayers of your family and your friends that you have gathered and you've said, I'm taking these with me, I'm going to go to a religious place, a religious site, and I'm going to pray there. So that's what my two daughters and I had decided to do. Now, my daughter, Cecilia, she's nine years old at this time last year. And for about six years, she has a skin condition called vitiligo. That's where the pigment on your skin, uh, there isn't any it's just patches or splotches or spots where your body sort of attacks itself it attacks those pigmentation cells so you end up with areas that are just really bright white skin it's not tan at all and cc tans pretty well so the spots on her skin are really noticeable so this has been happening for six years all right and we have we take her a couple times a year to a, a pediatric dermatologist, and she's had us using this special medical ointment, this medicine. And we, we've used that faithfully. But again, she's had this six years, and the spots just slowly would grow and get bigger, to the point where her shins, okay, uh, there, were, there were just big spots, about this big, you know, of just all white on the front of her legs. And she's a nine-year-old girl, right? So this is a little embarrassing. I'm afraid she's going to get self-conscious. And she's going to have a self-image problem, right? And her peers, you know, they don't know any better. So they're like, what are those scars? Or, uh, you know, is that some disease? Or am I going to get it from you? Is it contagious? Or did you burn your legs? Stuff like that. And it's kind of embarrassing for her. So one of the things that Cece wanted to do on this religious pilgrimage was pray uh, for these spots to to clear up. All right? So, we get to the, the shrine, we're praying in the chapel, there's Eucharistic Adoration, there's Confession, we're walking around, there's like a rosary path. Again, it's small. It's still only five acres. And I let Cece and my other daughter Lucy, I let them sort of go off on their own for a bit. And Pray their own prayers. Cece finishes up and comes back to talk to me, and I say, Hey, what would you pray? And she says this. Listen to this. She says, I prayed to Mary. I said, Please take away the spots on my legs. But if you don't, that's okay. Because my dad sells, my my dad tells me. I'm beautiful. I messed up the like most beautiful prayer. She said, "Mary." <laughs> she said, "Mary, please take away these spots on my legs. But if you don't, that's okay, because my dad tells me I'm beautiful." And I'm blown away. I start bawling and everything. Right? What a beautiful prayer. But it's beautiful and humble, and it's a very Christian prayer because that's the prayer Christ Himself prayed. In the agony of the garden, right? He says, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But not my will be done, your will be done. So I was just so proud, so proud of my daughter, just so beautiful, you know? I was like, You're so awesome. And uh, wouldn't you know it, these spots on her legs that had slowly grown over six years, almost imperceptibly, right? They started to heal. And within 10 days, two weeks, they had like 75% come back. Like the pigment came back in her skin. Like, I mean, what, what's two weeks? This had been happening for six years with no progress. It wasn't helping. The medicine wasn't helping, right? It just slowly spread more and more until we go. We pray to Sister Adele. Pray to Jesus, pray to Blessed Virgin Mary. And then those spots, 75%, like just cleared up. Now those spots are like barely noticeable. I mean, that is a miracle that the doctor could not explain. She was like, this is so great. How did it happen so quickly? And we told the story, right? So that's a miracle God worked in my life, and in my daughter's life, to glorify. And and I want to share that story to let you know, miracles are real. And the faith of a child, right? She knew what she wanted, but she said, it's okay if I don't get what I want. Because what you want is more important. How beautiful is that, right? All right, let's let's pray. I'm going to pray, and you can join me if you'd like. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are the miracle worker. You are the Prince of Peace. I just thank you for the miracles you've worked in that tiny, humble town in Wisconsin. Through Sister Adele, the people who have come to pray, It's the miracle that your Mother Mary showed up. Mary, we thank you too for answering these prayers and taking them to your Son and interceding for us. Lord, we pray for everybody watching and listening who needs healing, who needs strength, who's going through something tough. We just pray, Lord, you know what we want and we ask you for that. Humbly, but yet boldly, we ask you for the answer to our prayers. But at the same time, God, may your will be done because your will, your plan is the one that will bring us the most joy, the most peace, the most love, the most meaning, the most impact. It will just be right. So we pray that your will be done. We hope that our will and your will can be the same. So we pray for miracles in all the ways that we need them in our lives, and lives of our loved ones and in our world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Blessed Virgin Mary. Thank you, Sister Adele. Pray for us and we love you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I hope that you were inspired by this story. I love the story, of Sister Adele, and the fire, and renaming the town, and uh, I just love the story that this happened in my own in my own life with my beautiful little daughter. So tune in next week. You're gonna have some more miracle stories, more trips, more weird trips I took my daughters on. This <laughs> next one's next one's crazy. You're gonna you're gonna love it, uh, like I do. But till then, we're lucky to have you in our parish. We love you so much. Pray boldly. Amen.